Are you ready for God's word today? Today we ha- yeah, amen. One person is praise the Lord. Hmm. Uh, I'm excited too. We're going to do something a little different today. We're beginning a new series, and that new series is called Blessed. And I want to explain my heart and what what we're going to be talking about and why you need to be here every week and what I believe God's going to do. Years ago, we uh, our church received a word that, that we believe was from the Lord, and the word was the people of Pathway will be known in this area as a blessed people. And yeah, I thought it's a great word, by the way. It's a great word. And so what I do, I have a list of these words that, that have been given us by different people and that we really you know, know the people and we really believe that's something that the Lord brought to us. And I pray them, and so I pray them over you. So there's wonderful words. Like one of the words we had is we'll have the, the best worship. One of the words was we'll, we'll, we'll never lack for anything, but we'll always have more than enough. I mean, these are just words. One of the words was we would have a national influence. I mean, these were all words spoken over the church. And so I just I have these words written down, and I just pray them. And I pray them over the church, and I pray them over you. And how many know that's, what, that's how we steward? So everybody wants a word from the Lord, but what did you do with the last one he gave you? Amen. Isn't that good, right? Amen. And so when God gives me a word, I write it down and I steward the word. The Bible says until the time for it to come to pass, the word of the Lord tested Joseph. And so what I realize is there's a time the word comes and then there's how the word works in you before you see how the word works in the world. And so I'm preaching really good right now, by the way. It's a great sermon and I haven't even started. And so I, I take these words and I pray over them. That's how we, you receive them. You write them down, and then you pray over them. And so I pray over you, Lord, let the people of Pathway be known as a blessed people. God, in their businesses, let them be blessed. If, if they're in the school system, let, let there be something unique about their office or their classroom. If they're in the medical field, let there be something powerful in the way they administrate and administer medicine and love on people. You know, Lord, if they're a CPA, let there be anointing in their numbers. Hallelujah. You know what I'm saying? Let their clients have the greatest returns. Amen. You know, it's just one of those things, just like the anointing was on Joseph, right, and how he managed uh, all of Egypt. Um, and so I just pray that blessing. And Lord, bless them financially. Bless them in the field. Bless them in the city. Bless when they go in. Bless when they go out. Lord, just bless everything about their life. So I pray that over you. And uh, so that's not that uncommon. But we were praying probably a month or so ago in uh, prayer on Monday. And by the way, I'd love to invite you to Monday prayer. It is to me, one. it's probably the most, honestly, it's the most powerful experience we have. I'll just be honest with you, and I'll excuse you from Sunday if you want to come to Monday, okay? You don't even have to come on Sunday because that's how much we value prayer. Um, but, but we were praying, and we have these prayer focuses along the walls. These are just different things that we pray for um, at different times, and, and our, we have one over here that says provision. And that's not uncommon that we would pray for provision over our church. Obviously, we're building a campus. We're, you know, moving into a building. We've got to build a parking lot at that building. That's probably going to be about $60,000 to put in that parking lot uh, to make sure we have enough parking for that, that building. And it's all fine. It's all very calculated. We'll have plenty of equity in that building 
that we'd be able to get that back out. So don't stress. We, we, it's all well calculated, but it's all got to happen. It all takes money. Amen. Praise the Lord. And, and so I, I just know if we, you know, we pray for that, but then we pray for provision for you. And I just think about families, some families I know where the, they've been unemployed or they're looking for employment or they're just going through a difficulty financially. And, and then others I don't know, and we pray over you. And so I was beginning to pray about, I was leading, and I said, I want to pray over provision. And right when I started to pr- pray over provision, the Holy Spirit spoke to me very clearly. And he said, it will not do you any good to pray that they're blessed financially if you're not going to teach them what my word says about how to be blessed financially. And I just thought, wow, that, that was something. And uh, have you ever had a moment with God where you just don't really have words for it? You're like, wow, that was something. Because I didn't feel like the Holy Spirit was being mean. But what I realized, and have you ever noticed when God speaks, a lot of times it's like a download. Like he can say one thing. It's kind of like, I don't know, it's like, you know, if you have a wife and, or a husband, you know, you, you can almost communicate through looks and they can give you a look and you can write an essay about what they just said just based on that look, right? Or if you have, you know, like with my mom in particular, my mom to this day can give me a look and I'd be like, Dear God, you know, and I can write you a book on what that look means. Anyways, uh, but it wasn't bad, but it just immediately is like a download. And what I realized was when we started uh, back in 2018 with the campaign for the building, uh, because I felt like we were talking so much about finances, I, I stopped preaching about it. Well, then 2018 turned into 2019, 2019 turned into 2020, 2020 turned into 2021, 2022, 2023. And what I realized is in the beginning of the church, I used to teach about every two to three years on giving and finances and stewardship and, and what how God used finances in our life and how God blesses because God uses finances to do a lot more than just bless us financially. He actually uses finances most of the time to mold us and shape us into who he needs us to be, to conform us to his image and to shape his heart in us. And that's one of the ways he uses, but he uses finances to do that. It's very interesting. It's all throughout the Bible. We'll talk about it. Um, But what I realized, I haven't been talking about it. And I'm praying, Lord, bless them. And he's like, I want to, but you've got to teach them. And, uh, and so I really needed to apologize to you because where I've been talking about faith and we've talked about relationships and we've talked about purpose and we've talked about calling and we've talked about even our passion, having our passion. Right? There's so many wonderful things we've talked about, hearing God, the Bible, you know, wonderful things. I haven't talked to you and said, hey, God has a plan for your life and that plan includes him working in a powerful way in your heart and in your life. And it, it is him blessing you, but, but, but it's more than that. It's deeper than that. It's not just about a blessing, but it's something more. And, uh, and so I wanted to do this series, Blessed, um, because I really know it's from the Lord. And, and when the Lord speaks to me that way, this is what I learned, is God's about to do something radical in our hearts and in our lives, and probably also in our giving and finances. But he's going to do something radical in our heart and our lives, and that's really what I'm more concerned about. And so um, and so today I thought as I started this series, uh, I decided to do something different. And that is uh, we have a guest speaker today via video. Um, and as many of you know, our church is part of a network of churches out of Gateway Church in Southlake. 
Uh, pastor Robert Morse is the senior pastor there. You may have seen his. He's on television. He's written many, many best-selling books. Uh, probably his first best-selling book was called The Blessed Life. If you've ever heard of that book, it's probably the best book on stewardship and kingdom finances that I've ever read. Uh, but um, we're in a network of churches, and so he was meeting with senior pastors. And he said, you know, I'd love to come to each of your churches, and I'd love to preach, but I get about 500 invitations a year. And so, I, you know, I, I say no a lot more than I say yes because there's just one of me, et cetera. He said, but if I were to come to your church, I would preach on the blessed life because that's my life message. And now he'll talk about it. I believe that's right in this one. But uh, in case, because I had someone say, well, it must be really good to write a book about finances and then, you know, make all the money off it being a bestseller. Well, you need to know something that he gave all the royalties of that book away from the very, before it was published. He signed away all the royalties to Gateway Church. And I can tell you that book was written nearly, I think nearly 20 years ago. And I can tell you this because I have connections. That book still generates millions of dollars in royalties every year, and he still doesn't take any of it. It's pretty incredible. Uh, it's been published, I don't know how many languages. And so, so I just want you to know it's his life message, but he lives it, and it's his heart. And he said, if I could come to your church, this is the message I would preach. This is what I would talk about. And he said, I'll, I'll put this on video where you can download it. And so he, we, have a, we have a network folder where they put videos in it so we can download if we want to use them. And uh, he said, you can do the whole series. You can show one message or you can have my notes. You can preach the sermon series. I don't care. But he's like, this is the, the message that I would preach, and this is the one I would share. And so I just wanted you to hear it from him because I've heard it, and it's changed my life. But I want you to hear it from him. And so today we're blessed really to have, thank God for technology, uh, we're blessed to be able to have Pastor Robert Morris with us. So lean in and listen and let God speak. Hey, everyone. Well, welcome. Welcome to all the campuses and welcome to all the churches that are joining us. And uh, I just want to say to Gateway Church, you may not know this, but we are simulcasting uh, this series in 36 other churches have signed up. So welcome to all the churches that are watching this simulcast right now. We're glad you're here. And I'm excited about this series. I'm excited about this new year. We begin this weekend our fast. It's a 21-day fast. I want you to fast as the Holy Spirit leads you. And, but I want you to fast something. Please fast something, okay? Uh, you could fast desserts. Uh, you, you, could fat, you could do a Daniel fast, which would be meats and sweets. Uh, you fast meats and sweets. In other words, fruits and vegetables. Uh, you could do a juice fast or a water fast. However the Lord leads you, please do something. I, I, start, I always start the first of the year, but I always fast with you. So for me, I, I have to begin at midnight on December 31st. It's just something I, I've done for about 25 years now. So I, I've already started and here, here's what I'm, I'm noticing. My, my love for the Word and my love for the kingdom and the Lord is just intensifying. I can just feel it. And, and I want you to feel that too. And I want us to enter this new year together, all right? All right, we're beginning a new series called The Blessed Life. 
And I want you to understand that um, the church is now, this Easter, will be 15 years old. And about every three years, uh, I preach this series. This is my life message. This series came about because uh, James Robison uh, and his team asked me if I would come on their program and teach on giving because I teach give to give, not give to get. And they said it's the most balanced message we've ever heard. And if you could, if you could, uh, could you write a book? Uh, because uh, if a lot of people would like to read and not just listen to the, the CDs or the, the tapes, you know. And uh, I said, sure, um, you know, how, when do you need the book? They said, about a month. Uh, and so I went away and dictated the blessed life in, in three days in a tape recorder because it's, it's been in my heart for years. It's been something Debbie and I have been living and I've been preaching and teaching for years. The blessed life now, the book, um, uh, millions of copies. Uh, I've been told 30-something languages around the world. I've given all the royalties away to this book. Uh, we've been blessed from other books. You, you know that. I don't ever try to hide that from you, that we've been very blessed financially from royalties. But we all, this book, we, the first one, we gave it to the Lord. Matter of fact, all the royalties have come to Gateway Church. And so um, it's been, it's, it's just God uses it all over the world. Here's the reason, because there's truth in this book that will change your life. I promise you. And it'll change your marriage. And it'll change your family. And it'll change your health. And it'll change your relationships. And it'll change your job. It'll change your life. It's a blessed life, not a blessed pocketbook or a blessed wallet. It's a blessed life. So that's what we're going to do uh, for the next seven weeks. I will preach six of these. Pastor Jimmy Evans will preach one of them, all right? So look here at Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 and 2. It says, Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, I just want to ask you a simple question. Uh, is the word money anywhere in those two verses? No. And, and the context is judging. Don't judge or you'll be judged. Okay? Now, I want us to commit to short-term memory, the first phrase and the last phrase. And I'd like for you to just say it after me. Judge not and you will not be judged. Great. This is all the campuses and all the churches by simulcast, all right? And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Say that. Now flip over to Luke 6, okay? Now let's say them one more time. Judge not, and you will not be judged. With the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Okay, look at the first sentence of verse 37. Luke 6, 37, judge not and you will not be judged. No, you don't have to say it. I'm sorry. Thank you. Thank you, though. Okay. Uh, and then look at the last sentence of verse 38. For with the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Okay, I want you to understand this is the parallel passage, but I want to show you a verse in the middle that, in my opinion, many times the context is not understood. Okay, so Luke 6, 37 and 38. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Now look at verse 38. Give, and it will be given to you. 
good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put in your bosom for with the same measure you use will be measured back to you. Now, let me just make a statement, and this might shock you. The word money does not appear in those verses. And yet most of the time when we hear Luke 6.38, we think about money. As a matter of fact, when we think about the word give, we think money. I was being interviewed by a magazine a while back, and they, they said, how often do you preach on giving? And I said, every week. They said, you preach on giving every week? And I said, yes. I think what you meant to ask me was how often do I preach on giving money? And that's about every three years. Every three years, I do a series on stewardship and generosity. But you didn't ask me how often to preach on giving money. You asked me how often to preach on giving. I can't preach on grace and not talk about giving because God so loved the world, he I can't preach on marriage and not preach on giving because a marriage will not work if you're not givers, if both people aren't givers. And again, not finances, not giving. Get, you understand what I'm saying? This, this applies to every area of our life. That's what we have to understand. Giving is about the heart. Here's the title of the message. I should have given it to you earlier, but the title is, It's All About the Heart. It's all about the heart. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Some people say, well, you know, they're after my money. Let me explain something to you. Yes, God is after your, not the church, God is after your money because he's after your heart. And your heart is connected to your wallet. I, I guarantee you, I've seen it. There's a string from your heart to your wallet because I've watched people when they start to reach back, oh, and it just, <laughs> it hurts. If God can get your wallet, listen to me, he can get your heart. And I'm not the one that said it. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Your heart follows your treasure. You put your treasure in a stock, you put some money in a stock, you'll start going on the internet checking to see how that stock's doing, and you never checked it before. And you never cared about it before, but you care about it now because your treasure's there. Are you following me? You want your treasure in the kingdom? You, put, you want your heart in the kingdom? You put your treasure in the kingdom. Okay, so it's a heart issue because he's talking in these verses about judgment, condemnation, and forgiveness. Don't judge or you'll be judged. Don't condemn or you'll be condemned. Don't, and then he says forgive and you'll be forgiven. And then he says give. Okay, what's he saying though? Give judgment and judgment will be given back to you. And here's the part I don't hear a lot of preaching on. Good measure, press down, shaking together and running over will men give judgment back to you for with the same measure you give judgment you'll get judgment back that's the context of these verses judgment condemnation and forgiveness now you can apply it to other areas because of the laws of sowing and reaping if you give a seed you don't just get back one seed you get back a, a tree or a plant with many seeds and that's the way God is. So whatever you give, you're going to get more back. So it would be better to give good things <laughs> than bad things because you're going to get more of it back, whatever it is. I was counseling with a lady one time, and she was a single mother, and she didn't have anywhere to leave her kids. And so she brought her kids, and we just let them. I said, please come anyway. And she just left them with the, the, uh, my assistant. We left the door open there, 
and uh, I was talking to her, and here's literally, this is what she said. She said, my, my kids yell at me. She said, they yell at me. I, I don't know why. And then she did this. Y'all stop talking out there. <laughs> I don't know why they yell at me. <laughs> I said, Luke 6, 38, give yelling, and yelling will be given back to you. Good measure, Preston. Okay, all right. Now, if you can flip Deuteronomy 15, how, how are you going to develop a heart of generosity? Well, way back Deuteronomy 15, God tells us what we need to do, four things we need to do, because it's all about the heart, all right? So, Deuteronomy 15, look at verses 7 and 8. If there is among you a poor man of your brethren within any of the gates in your land which the Lord your God is giving you. Notice God's giving you the land, by the way. Notice the word giving. You shall not harden your heart. It's about your heart. Nor shut your hand from your poor brother. But you shall open your hand wide to him and willingly, that would be about your heart, lend him sufficient for his need, whatever he needs. Okay, so there are four things that we need to do if we're going to become generous givers. Here's number one. Deal with a selfish heart. Deal with a selfish heart. Look at verse 9, Deuteronomy 15, verse 9. Beware lest there be a wicked thought in your heart. Notice heart again. Saying the seventh year of the year releases a hand and your eye be evil against your poor brother and you give him nothing. And he cry out to the Lord against you and it become sin among you. Notice selfishness. It's wickedness in God's eyes, and it becomes sin. Now, here's what he's saying. He's saying, um, now, when your brother comes and asks to, to borrow from you, uh, you, you, you open your hand and willingly lend to him. You, you, you open your heart to him. But don't let there be this wicked or selfish thought in you that says, man, this is the, the year of Jubilee. That means all debts will be canceled. In other words, if he came and said, hey, I need to borrow some money. My crops were bad this year. And, and you thought, you know what, six more months is the year of Jubilee. If he can't pay me back in six months, then, then uh, I have to cancel this debt. See, God implemented an economic system where all debts were canceled every seven years. How many of you would like to re-implement that economic <laughs> system? Okay. So if you thought, you know, I'm not going to do this because he might not be able to pay me back. You know what God said? Don't do that. Don't think that way. And here's what he called it. He calls selfishness wickedness. He's dealing, he's telling the people of Israel, this, I don't want you to do this. I want you to be generous like I'm generous. Yeah, let me ask you a question. I asked a Bible college class this one time. Um, why did God create giving? You ever thought about that? Because God did. It's, it's, it's all through God's Word. So why did God invent or create giving? And the overwhelming answer was to support his work. And I said to them, and I want you to think about this. I said to these, these college students, I said, do you really think? I want you to think about this because <laughs> it's funny to me. Do you really think that God needs your money to support his work? I mean, it, uh, you know, uh, is the light bill, you know, in heaven, uh, you know, too big for God? They running out of gold for the streets? I mean, 
cattle on a thousand hill. He's running out of cow. I mean, you know what? God needs you. No, listen. God did not create giving for his sake. He created giving for your sake. Giving more than any other activity that a believer does works selfishness and greed out of our lives. This is why I don't like much of the preaching I hear on giving because it's give to get. Giving you'll get, giving you'll get. And let me tell you what that does. It actually works selfishness and greed back in your life. And what do you, how do you think God feels? When, when, when a preacher preaches, giving you'll get, giving you'll get, and people say, well, I want to get. So I'm going to give. I wonder if God is thinking, well, this is great. All of my people are catching the revelation of getting. No, we need to catch the revelation of giving. Now, I do want to say um, it drives selfishness out of our lives. We have to deal with a selfish heart. I do want to just say just for a moment, ladies, that there's an area of selfishness that men never grow out of. I just want you to know, okay? We do not want to share our food. And for some reason, you want our food. And I don't, I don't understand it. And we do not want to share our food. The very first time, Pastor Tom and Jan Lane, sitting on the front row, Jan said, I knew you were going to say this, sitting right there. The very first time I went to dinner with them, I, we were going around the table ordering. I ordered, and Jan said, oh, good, I've been wanting to try that. I, I never even met the woman, and she wanted to eat off my plate. And I said, well, you better order some, because that's the only way you're going to get any. Think about it. Come on. What does every woman say when you're at the drive-thru? What does every woman say? You say, well, would you like something? No, I just have some of yours. No, you won't. I'll buy you two orders of fries, but you're not getting any of my fries. And the fries that fall in the bottom of the bag are mine too. So point number one is deal with a selfish heart. I don't know if that's directed just to the men or to all of us, all right? Here's number two, deal with a grieving heart. Grieving heart. Now, he's talking about money. He's talking about giving. Verse 10, you shall surely give to him, give to him, and your heart should not be grieved when you give to him because for this thing, watch, for this thing, giving with the right heart, the Lord your God will bless you in all your works. That's amazing. And in all to which you put your hand. If you learn to give from the heart with the right heart, God will bless you in everything you do. That's what he just said. See, we, under, we need to understand this is a heart issue. But selfishness attacks us before we give, and grief attacks us after we give. You ever given uh, a large amount or made a commitment, and then something breaks? And the enemy comes immediately and says, see, you shouldn't have done that. He comes in. And, then, and grief, because we, we gave. And, you know, I'm sitting here. Here I am preaching this message, and I had this thought just, go through my mind. And after 30 years of preaching, I ought to know 
to just let the thought go on by. But here's the thought I had. I just thought to myself, I, I'm going out to eat after the service, and, and I, don't, I don't have any cash. I just had that thought just go through my mind, you know. I'm just, oh, wow. Wow, look, $100. Okay, I'm going to start saying those thoughts more often. Um, okay, no, let's, let's talk about that for a minute, all right? Why, when I said I, I don't have any cash, why did David get up that fast and give it to me? Let me tell you why. Because I gave it to him before the service. It's my $100. Okay, now, he's not grieving that he gave. You're not grieving. Oh, you are a little? <laughs> no, he's not grieving because, why? Because it was mine. See, see the reason that we grieve after we give is because we thought it was ours. And the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So when we give back to God what is already his, then we don't grieve over it. So deal with a grieving heart. Here's number three. Develop a generous heart. Develop a generous heart. Look at verse 14. You shall supply him liberally, generously from your flock. Watch from your threshing floor and from your wine press. Now watch this. From what the Lord has blessed you with, you shall give to him. God wants us to be generous. We were born selfish. We are born again generous. We just have to renew our minds. You think about it. You really want to be generous. Now we, we read Luke 6 a moment ago. If we were to go back and read the context again and back up a little more, and we're not going to do that right now, but you can do that. You go back to around verse 30. Here's what it says. Give to everyone who asks of you. And from him who takes your coat, give him this too. And it's just uh, the whole context is lend to people, even hoping not to receive anything in return. What he's doing is dealing with the heart. It's the, it's the first thing we have to try to teach our children. I want you to think about that. What do you have to try to teach your children that is so hard to teach your children? Share. Share. No, we share. And what happens? A little neighbor boy comes over to play, and the neighbor boy picks up a toy. What does your boy do? Drops the toy he's playing with, runs over and says, I was playing with that. I was playing with that. Right? And the neighbor boy says, okay. So he goes over and picks up something else. Your boy runs over. I was playing with that too. I was playing with that too. Do you realize what God is saying to all of his children? When are you going to grow up? When are you going to grow up? When are you going to become like your father? That's so loved that he gave. You know, I heard a story of my... Uh, Son Josh and daughter-in-law Hannah told me a while back, they have two children, Grady, who's seven, and Willow, who's four. And they got in the car, Hannah picked them up from church, and Willow said, Mommy, did you know that there was a woman in the Bible that only had two pennies, and she gave both of them to God? And Hannah said, yeah, that's, that's a wonderful story. And Willow said, I want to give something to God. So Hannah said, well, pray and ask the Lord what he wants you to give. 
And so you could see her. She closed her eyes. Hannah was watching her in the mirror. You know, she closed her eyes. She did like this, and then she said, what? (laughs) And then she said, little baby? No, not little baby. Oh, Betty baby. Oh, yeah, you can have Betty baby. I don't like her. Okay, that's cute. That's kids learning about giving. But at some point, you got to grow up. some point, you say, Lord, what do you want me to give? And you say, that's great. That's what I'll do. That's what I'll do. So we want to develop a generous heart. Here's number four. Develop a grateful heart. Develop a grateful heart. Back in Deuteronomy 15, look at verse 15. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. And the Lord your God redeemed you. Then he says this, therefore I command you this thing today. You know what he's saying? I command you to be generous. I'm commanding you. And you know on the authority that I'm commanding you is that everything you have came from me. You need to remind yourself every now and then that you were slaves. You know, every now and then I get a reminder I leaned over to John and to David right before I came up and told him, because it happened to me yesterday. It was hard going to sleep last night. I knew the enemy was trying to attack me too because this series was beginning. But Debbie got an email from a friend of ours we went to high school with, and she said, you know, love the first conference, watched on the Internet, all this, but hate to bring bad news, but we've lost two more of our class members. She named two guys. Both guys I did drugs with. One of the guys I started on drugs. And she, one of the guys died from a drug overdose, another guy committed suicide. I'm lying there last night thinking, thank you, God, for redeeming my life out of that. For redeeming me. From that type of a lifestyle. These guys now, 35 years since high school, and still, what a horrible life they must have had for 35 years. Thank you, God. You know, the Lord just reminds me, it's not hard for me to give. You understand? I didn't have anything. I was a slave. You you didn't have anything either. No matter what you had, you didn't have anything if you didn't have Christ. A while back, a pastor and his wife were, uh, had heard me share our testimony on giving. And in this series, I'll share our testimony on giving. And by God's grace, Debbie and I have been able to give, like many cars to people. We were able to give our first home away. Uh, we've just been able to give very extravagantly. And we love to do that. And I shared that testimony in the church. And we went to dinner with this pastor and his wife. And the wife said to Debbie, I have a question for you. And and both of us knew the question because we've heard it many times. She said, how did you feel when your husband said he wanted to give away your house? And Debbie said, I felt great. I felt great. She said, you have to remember that Robert and I were married before he got saved. And every time he's wanted to give something extravagantly, 
I think, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for my new husband. And then the pastor asked her a question she'd never been asked. He said, why do you think that Robert is so generous? And I'm, I'm not trying to set myself up as an example. I know many, many people are very generous. But he said, why do you think that, I mean, he just has given so extravagantly ret- retirement, savings, all these things over the years. Why do you think he's so generous? tear came down her cheek and she said because he's never gotten over getting saved he's never forgot where he came from and he knows that everything we have came from the Lord I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes would you stand with me we're going to stand and and then just bow your heads as he, he said there. And I'm going to ask our prayer team to come. And I want to pray over us. But before I do, I want to, with your heads bowed for a moment, I want to ask just the Holy Spirit would speak very directly to each of us. <clears throat> and so with your heads bowed, will you just take a moment and ask God, just to speak to you, say, God, what are you saying to me today? Whether you're watching online or you're in the room, just take a moment. God, what are you saying to me today? And Lord, I just pray that you would speak to every person in this room or online today. I pray you'd speak to every person, Lord, something specific an encouragement of something of wisdom something of grace maybe give them a direction maybe give them an answer to something they've been praying but God I just pray you'd speak to every person Lord as we stop for a moment and say Holy Spirit what are you speaking to us Lord, I pray over all of our church. Lord, today the message was about the heart. God, I'm reminded of what David prayed. He said, create in me a clean heart. Create in me a clean heart. God, a heart with the right motives. A heart with the right attitudes. A heart with the right desires. Create in me a clean heart, Lord, today. Lord, we, we want to, as your word says, be conformed to your image. We want to become like you. Lord, today, help us in our hearts to become like you. And Lord, if there's, you know, Lord, we talked about that. Lord, if there's something in our hearts today, just as Pastor Robert was talking, there's something in our hearts today, Lord, that's not like you. Lord, if there's selfishness in our hearts today and it's not like you, then, Lord, show us that. Forgive us of those things. Lord, create in us that clean heart. And, Lord, help us to look more and more like you every, every day. 
Lord, today I pray that if there are those in this room or watching online who need a relationship with you, they need to be forgiven of their sin. They need to receive the gift of eternal life. Lord, they need to know you. God, I pray you would draw them. And Lord, if they're in this room in just a moment, I pray they'd come to the front and tell one of these wonderful members of our prayer team that today they want to be forgiven. They want to be saved. They want to be born again. Lord, if, if they're watching online, they can text, pray with me to 94,000, and someone, Lord, will pray with them that way. But, Lord, I just pray that anyone, Lord, that's hearing today that needs a relationship with you, Lord, you would draw them, they would come, and, Lord, you would transform their life. And, Lord, for all of us, as we have gathered in your presence, Lord, transform our lives as well. And, Lord, I pray anyone else who has a need for prayer, whatever it may be, God, draw them and meet them and speak to them. Lord, ultimately, we want to be a people whose hearts are fixed on you and your kingdom. Lord, we want to follow you with all of our heart. We want to love you with all of our heart. So, Lord, help us to do that and help us to get out anything that's in the way. And, Lord, we thank you, God, for saving us, for redeeming us, for loving us. And we thank you for your word today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Come on, can you give Jesus one more praise today? God is good. Yeah, God is so good. Hey, Pastor Marty here from Pathway Church. And I just want to say thank you for joining us. And I want to encourage you to get connected and stay connected. And there's several ways you can do that. Number one, you can download the Pathway app and we are all the time offering resources and information on that app for you. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. And if you do, make sure you click the bell so that you never miss any life-giving and life-changing content as we add it to the channel. And then also, uh, make sure you follow us on social media, on Instagram, on Facebook. Look. Our hope and heart for you is that you walk in the purpose for which God made and created and redeemed you for. We love to connect people to purpose. We thank you for giving us this opportunity. And if you're ever in Longview or you are in Longview, I'd love to invite you to join us in person each weekend. Listen, I pray God's best for your life. I believe if you follow Jesus, your best is ahead.